Good morning. I'm Pastor Jason Van Bemmel from Forest Hill Presbyterian Church. Welcome to Walking with Jesus Through the Word, one chapter per day. Today is day 351 as we come close to the end of this first year of our three-year journey through God's Word. And we're beginning the book of 2 Timothy in our New Testament readings and studies. 2 Timothy is the last letter of the Apostle Paul, written from prison in Rome as he's awaiting execution, written to his young protege in the ministry, Timothy. Let's pray and ask God's help. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for your word and the gift it is to all of us. Would you write your word in our hearts today by your Holy Spirit, that you might be glorified in our lives, that we might come to know and love Jesus better, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. So, 2 Timothy, a personal letter from Paul to Timothy. But really and truly, what it is first and foremost is God's word to us, the people of God. So, 2 Timothy chapter 1. Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus, by the will of God, according to the promise of the life that is in Christ Jesus, to Timothy, my beloved child, grace, mercy, and peace from God the Father and Christ Jesus our Lord. I thank God, whom I serve, as did my ancestors, with a clear conscience, as I remember you constantly in my prayers night and day. As I remember your tears, I long to see you, that I may be filled with joy. I am reminded of your sincere faith, a faith that dwelt first in your grandmother Lois and in your mother Eunice, and now I am sure dwells in you as well. For this reason, I remind you to fan into flame the gift of God, which is in you through the laying on of my hands. For God gave us a spirit, not of fear, but of power, of love, and self-control. Therefore, do not be ashamed of the testimony about our Lord Jesus, nor of me, his prisoner, but share in suffering for the gospel by the power of God, who saved us and called us to a holy calling, not because of our works, but because of his own purpose and grace, which he gave us in Christ Jesus before the ages began, and which now has been manifested through the appearing of our Savior, Christ Jesus, who abolished death and brought life and immortality to light through the gospel, for which I was appointed a preacher and apostle and teacher, which is why I suffer as I do. But I am not ashamed, for I know whom I have believed, and I am convinced that he is able to guard until that day what has been entrusted to me. Follow the pattern of sound words that you have heard from me in the faith and love that are in Christ Jesus by the Holy Spirit who dwells within us. Guard the good deposit entrusted to you. You are aware that all who are in Asia turned away from me, among whom are Phygelus and Hermogenes. May the Lord grant mercy to the household of Onesephorus, for he often refreshed me and was not ashamed of my chains. But when he arrived in Rome, he searched for me earnestly and found me. May the Lord grant him to find mercy from the Lord on that day. And you well know all the service he rendered at Ephesus. That's Second Timothy chapter 1. You can hear in Paul's 
uh, language here, even in this opening chapter, that he knows that the end is coming for him, that he is going to be facing execution uh, under Emperor Nero for his faithful ministry as an apostle. Uh, don't let any, anyone ever tell you that if you're faithful to God and his calling on your life, he will protect you from all harm. He will spare you from all troubles and trials. You know, you'll be blessed and protected and prosperous. The Apostle Paul was, was as faithful as any Christian ever has been and was as mightily used by God as any Christian ever has been. And yet, he also suffered as much as any Christian ever has beatings and imprisonments and abandonment and being misunderstood and being betrayed and ultimately being put to death. But none of this can touch what he has in Christ Jesus, and so he regrets none of it. He is an apostle of Christ Jesus by the will of God, and he's thankful to be an apostle of Christ Jesus by the will of God, according to the promise of the life that is in Christ Jesus. That's his life. He never uh, forgot that. Paul was always so relentlessly Christ-centered and gospel-oriented that even though he's in jail and he's awaiting death, he is not filled with regret or fear or being intimidated, but he has a clear conscience and he is joyful and hopeful. He knows uh, whom he has believed, right? That's what he says. Um, he says, I know whom I have believed. Uh, here in verse 12, I'm not ashamed, for I know whom I have believed, and I am convinced that he is able to guard until that day what he has entrusted to me. There is a, there's a gospel that he's not ashamed of. There's a gospel that he has proclaimed. This gospel is really expressed in verse 10, our Savior Christ Jesus, his appearing, that's what we celebrate this time of year. I'm recording this in uh, December of 2022, and, and this time of year we, we remember the appearing of our, um, of our Savior Christ Jesus. And what did he come to do? What did Jesus come to do? He came to abolish death and to bring life and immortality to light through the gospel. And what hope that is for Paul as he's on death row awaiting his execution to know that death has actually been abolished and there's life and immortality that's been brought to life by the Lord Jesus Christ through the gospel. So Timothy is going to be carrying on in ministry after Paul's gone and Paul more than anything wants to make sure that Timothy is going to be faithful and so he, he just prays for him, he thanks God for him and he prays for him that he would remain faithful. Timothy has a faith that has been passed down to him from his grandmother and his mother. He's a third generation Christian. And here we see God's regular pattern of working through families. God doesn't always work this way. God doesn't only work this way, but God regularly works this way through covenant promises that are passed from generation to generation. We can inherit the faith, but then we have to make it ours. And that's what happened to Timothy. He had a faith that first lived in his grandmother Lois and then lived in his mother Eunice and now lives in him. He inherited that faith, but it needed to be his. It needed to be alive in him as well. And so he, Paul sees that. 
Timothy's also been gifted for ministry. He's been commissioned. This is why we lay hands on people when we set them apart for the office of elder and we, we call them to the ministry or we set them apart to serve the Lord as those who are called to ministry, to office. Uh, we lay hands on them because it's, it's the power of God. It's his Holy Spirit, not a spirit of fear, but of power and love and self-control that equips us all for ministry, deacons, elders, uh, ministers of the gospel, teaching elders, ruling elders, we're all equipped. And so we all uh, have hands laid on us and are called and commissioned and given to that office. He wants Timothy to be faithful more than anything. He says, follow the pattern, guard the good deposit. That's the call. The call is to faithfulness, not spectacular success, not innovation, not huge following, but faithfulness. Follow the pattern of sound words, right? Guard the good deposit entrusted. Doesn't mean everybody's going to like it. If you're faithful to the Lord, it does not mean that the world is going to come applauding you and lifting you up on their shoulders and cheering you as a great... Here's Paul in prison, faithful to the end, and he's been abandoned. Verse 15 had to be incredibly painful for Paul to write, you are aware that all who are in Asia turned away from me. Paul spent the bulk of his missionary life in Asia. It's present-day Turkey he's talking about, Asia Minor, present-day Turkey. That's where Paul planted church after church after church and was so faithful to the Lord. And now that he's in prison, now that he's awaiting execution, where are the people from Asia whom he served for so many years? Where are his children in the faith, the churches that he planted? They didn't step up. They didn't support him. Some people did. Onesephorus is singled out here as one who was faithful. He wasn't ashamed of Paul's chains. He goes to Rome. He searches him out. He finds him and he serves him. And that is good news. So the call to be faithful is not... Uh, conditional promise that says, if you'll be faithful, then you'll be protected from harm, or if you'll be faithful, then you'll be really successful and popular. It's a call to be faithful because Christ has been faithful, and because Christ is the one that we are serving, and he's the one we want to see glorified in our lives. And here we are, 2,000 years later, reading this final letter from Paul to Timothy, and we benefit from Paul's faithfulness and from the Holy Spirit's work through Paul. He may have been abandoned by those in Asia, but we can hear today of the Spirit's work through Paul, and we can be encouraged to, to do what? To follow the pattern of sound words, to guard the good deposit entrusted to us, to preach the gospel, to teach the gospel, to live by the power of the Holy Spirit through the gospel. Let's do that today. Let's pray. Father, thank you for your love. Thank you for the gift of life in your Son, Jesus Christ. Thank you for forgiveness of sins, for eternal life, for an unshakable hope. Help us to be faithful. By the power of your Holy Spirit at work in us, make us faithful to you and to your calling upon our lives, no matter what. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, that's the beginning of 1 Timothy. I love this letter. It's one of my favorite books of the Bible. I'm so excited to look at it in coming days. But we're going to be jumping back to Judges tomorrow and picking up with the story of Samson again. I hope you have a blessed day in the Lord.